0: The iGaming Business Podcast is proudly sponsored by BetRadar, the world's number one betting services provider. Are you looking to boost your profits or optimize your customer engagement? Over 600 clients across 30 countries can't be wrong, relying on BetRadar's market-leading sports betting solutions to enhance their offering. Find out what BetRadar can do for your business at BetRadar.com. BetRadar. Driven by facts. You're listening to the IGB Pod, hosted by iGaming Business Deputy Editor Hannah Ganaget stewart
1: Welcome to the first iGaming Business Podcast. Each month we'll be bringing you news and views from across the industry. This month the pod comes from IGB Live in Amsterdam, where IGB's editorial director Stephen Carter, Square in the Air's James Bennett, and I discuss the industry's biggest stories, including Italy's blanket ad ban. I'll also be talking to Betson's CEO, Jesper Svensson, about the operators' back on track strategy and reflecting on the company's interim report last week. Joining me on a very purple clarion stand at IGB Live this morning is iGaming Business Editorial Director Stephen Carter. Good morning, Stephen.
2: How are you doing? Everyone.
1: You good? And uh, one-time iGaming journalist and uh, now square in the air PR, James Bennett. Hello, James. How are you doing? You all right? Good,
3: Hannah. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah
1: good. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank um, you. So uh, how's everyone feeling? It is day two of IGB Live. <laughs> Um, How's it A been little going? bit worse for little wear. Bit, yeah. B two B drinks last night.
2: The rose, <laughs> the rose was flowing on the roof. I've seen a lot of sunglasses <laughs> this morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of shady and
3: pale-looking individuals.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, including uh, you, Hannah. Yeah. I'm nursing slightly uh, a hangover, but you know, and a loss. getting
2: and, and a lost phone
1: and a, a lost phone. Sadly, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, just sort of ploughing through despite the lack of technology. Um, those of you that have been in the industry for a while be aware that the iGaming sh- Super Show uh, was held at the Rye in Amsterdam for several years. Uh, one of Clarion's sort of flag flagship shows. However, this year um, we have rebranded to IGB Live, which is nice, taking on the magazine's branding, and uh, comprises not just the Super Show, but the Amsterdam Affiliate Conference and EIG. So um, this is day two of the show, as I said, um, and we are going to start with one of the sort of talking points of the show that's come up uh, quite a bit since we've been here, which is advertising. Um, So earlier this month, uh, we heard that Italy will introduce a total ban on gambling advertising from next year from the 1st of January um, it's a bold move it will fundamentally alter the way that existing operators market their businesses obviously but also has a clear impact on uh, new entrants trying to get into that market and grab a slice of the action there uh, meanwhile in the UK there have been calls to reduce the number of ads on TV advertising minutes were significantly up during the World Cup this year uh, Bet365 and William Hill are currently on the ASA's radar uh, the watchdog is kind of examining their adverts from the World Cup to see whether or not the um Offers of improved odds for a short period during the World Cup sort of contravene advertising codes of practice and the bar on companies making urgent calls to action, so that's quite interesting. So, illustrious panel, what do we think about the advertising situation? Is it is it coming for us over in the UK? Steve, what do you reckon?
2: So I'd probably see what's happening in Italy as sort of leading on from what's happening in the UK. I think everyone's been looking to what's been happening in the UK the last 18 months, and I think. Um, I think what's happening in Italy. I mean, it's partly related to the fact you have a populist government in there mm. who are out there to make, do you know what I mean? take a very knee-jerk response to that, which we'll talk about in more detail later on. But I do, I do think that a lot of you, a lot of Europeans really looking to what's happening in the UK yeah. around responsibility and the clampdowns and everything else that's happening.
1: What do you think, James? I mean, Italy. You... The thing I see yeah. is a
3: real knee-jerk reaction. To be honest, like you say, it's a populist government. they they're clearly making a statement. Uh, you know, obviously it really angered a lot of local operators. Yeah. You know, we're already seeing a lot of the Google kind of Google rankings dropping for some reason. We need to probably dig a bit deeper to find out. Yeah that's interesting. Exactly that's something why. That just spotted today. Yeah. Um yeah, I I can't see it working to be honest. I you yeah, know a lot I mean, of the football teams think? are sponsored by gambling yeah. brands obviously. Um we were just talking just now about what are you going to do in the shop window yeah and I mean the point was made yeah and the
1: point was made yesterday I think that you know people are going to be watching international football matches with as you say shirt sponsorship how do you how do you hide that from an entire population yeah you know it's not going anywhere is it and
3: also how do you measure it how do you measure you know that affecting problem gambling yeah uh, that reducing problem gambling and what
1: do you guys think about i mean i know steve you were kind of interested in this and sort of the effect on new entrants to the market because it's all very well and good if you've got an established brand right and you you know that's already prominent people know it but if you want to enter that market and you haven't got that and you can't use traditional advertising you
2: can't buy your way in you
1: you know what's what's the answer to that it's a
2: um I just as you said it does play into the hands of the big brands but i think there's also a, um report on aggie this week wasn't there as well saying that the search presence of sort of non-italian licensed sites has gone up relative to the license sites which is uh, a point that's been made that that means the populist government's sort of uh, action is having the exact opposite effect to that intended yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which is basically protect players in a sense you're pushing into offshore sites where you know the, the consumer protections aren't within your sort of control anymore. So I yeah. think it's more about the
3: visibility of gambling, just generally in regulated markets. So, yes, they are obviously concerned with the, you know, the, the kind of visibility of gambling being too prevalent basically yeah. in, in front of the wrong audiences. Yeah. It's the same with Italy, obviously. Yeah. I just can't see that being measured or, you know, how, how do you kind of quantify if that's working or not?
1: Moving on then, um, as I mentioned earlier, we are sat on Claren's extremely purple stand at IGB Live. It is pretty, pretty purple. Pretty, pretty obvious what they're advertising here with the Ice North America stamp on it. Um, obviously, this event is sort of tabled to take place in Boston between the 13th and 15th of May next year. Um, it is picking up from Claren's legacy events in, in the states, Gigzee and Ice Sports Betting USA think the timing is fairly obvious why we're why we're making this push now what are your guys thoughts on the PASPA repeal and kind of what the opportunities are over in the states it has been much talked about obviously for the last sort of month or so um how much of its hype how much of its opportunity what, what do you guys think what, what? We've, we've
3: ever since i've been steve and i've been involved in the industry everyone's been excited about the us ever since i've been involved so uh kind it, what, of praying something happens yeah. now I find it a little bit odd that it's just going to be kind of, you know, yeah. um, per casino or per, per racetrack, and online it's still unclear as how online, how it's what role work. online will play. Uh, so yeah, people, you know, companies like um, SP Tech can be the sport, obviously the sports betting suppliers are rushing out to do all these deals. Yeah. What what kind of impact it will have, I've have no idea, and how much revenue they'll actually generate from those those areas.
1: Interesting opportunities for Europeans. Sort of suppliers and, and operators though as well, because I mean, yeah. this is kind of the opportunity now, isn't it? To say, look, we've been doing this for years. How can we help you? And if you don't
3: have a sports product, it's probably people out there who are rushing to try and go and buy a business, you know, buy a sports betting business, right? Yeah, I So think if so, you're yeah. an online casino and you've kind of been investing in the states for the last five years with no results, yeah, suddenly sport gets, you know, yeah. sport is legalized.
1: Steve, what do you? We've covered a little bit about the kind of um, data issue. Yeah. Um. What are your thoughts on uh, on that? On the fact that the sort of leagues are really trying to clamp down on, on data rights, there seems to be this sort of real attempt to make sure that those feeds are official and that you know yeah. people aren't going to be getting their data from scouts or anywhere else. Um, it's a bit of a controversial move. People aren't sure that that's totally necessary. What, what do you think I mean do you think that's the way that is the way that they should be approaching it the leagues have a point there or is it a bit um,
2: about, the data, about the data being official um, I, I think they have a point I understand why they're doing it and I, I, I think it was obviously dressed up with this integrity fee uh, yeah. based on a turnover which is uh, completely unsustainable obviously um, I understand why they want to retain that, that control to some degree, but I think there's an issue of I think there's a role obviously for the you know the likes of you know Bet Genius and other data providers and stuff um, who have to enter into these deals to be you know they. This data needs to be distributed efficiently mm. and properly. And those guys have the technology to do that as well. I'm not sure that's something... Is that something the actual leagues want to take on? That kind of... I'm not sure. That role of Surely actually... Surely it's far easier to work with these companies in partnership, isn't it? And yeah. And, uh, and to work it that way, I think. Mm. So I think that's, again, a, a, an opportunity for those European technology providers looking at the uh, market. So
1: It's not like people haven't been betting in the States until now. You know, it's been going on, but they, you know, are, a very are,
2: good question, are we it? going to be able
1: to pull them over and sort of?
2: I'm not sure. A lot of a lot of that depends upon the, you know, the tax rates and things set up. You know, whether they can actually yeah. they're able to provide that competitive offer, offer to what's available on offshore sites. I guess so. So it's you know, it's down. It comes down to the individual states, doesn't it? I'm sure and there'll uh, still
3: be offshore activity yeah. long after. We've all gone. Um, yeah, still, carry they, still there will still be. So. there will still be those guys there, and you can see them. You know, there's a few names that I've seen t- at the show today. So yeah. um, they're still out there. <laughs> they're, yeah. still, they're still going. are still going. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Still on the sort of subject of sports. Then I mean, we've obviously the World Cup fever has just about subsided um, by now, um, and yeah. we've had some figures trickling in over the last few days of kind of how operators have been doing off the back of that. GBC announced an eight percent year-on-year growth. Um, and I believe there were some figures out from Betson this morning. Um, what do you think, guys? Is, I mean, you guys have been around for a lot longer in this industry than I have. I assume that each time the World Cup happens, figures go up slightly. But do you think it's been a particularly marked increase? Is, it, is Are these interesting today?
2: It's looking strong, isn't it? Because obviously, the amount of activity and the amount of business they do is, is related to how long England stay in, right? So, yes. So, I mean... Uh, you came up as this bigger earlier, didn't you? something like yeah, Two was, thirds of the bets. That's right. It's um, estimated
3: that at as much as £2.5 billion was, was bet, wagered on uh, the World Cup with about two thirds of all those bets back in England. So, wow. Um, during the Croatia game. So, yeah. I, mean, it's,
2: I mean, I guess the best result possible is them to go as far as possible without winning it, right, for the bookies. So, I mean, they went, so I guess in that sense it worked out quite it was well. great. For them, right? it was. I suppose they had so. to pay
3: out quite a bit on Harry Kane winning the golden boot that was pretty clear-cut wasn't it yeah well, I yeah. didn't see anyone actually paying out early which I found a bit odd
2: yeah, um, yeah. And using that kind of publicity yeah
1: and what's the effect been on other verticals because presumably there is some uh, you know yeah there's, there's some a bounce across casino, casino. Yeah. yeah
3: there's a bounce I can see you know Betson have yeah. got their numbers out this morning GBC as well um, very
2: welcome bounce to Betson obviously because they're in a stage of uh, Turning their business around I guess. So I think it's set in the results this morning three point seven percent of their grid revenue in the second quarter was related to the World Cup. So, oh brilliant, yeah. You know, I think they were, traditionally they have a fallow year though,
3: don't they? A bit of a fallow yeah. year. Yeah. Next year is gonna be a bit quiet. It'll be. Yeah. yeah. What are people gonna bet on? Gold bit of golf, maybe a yeah. the open it's the open, isn't it, this week? Uh yeah. Wimbledon maybe, I don't know, nothing particularly. So they're gonna be
1: it's gonna be good that they've had bumpy year this year. But the Basically season starts
3: in two, three weeks, so yeah. Premier League starts in three weeks. I
2: mean if Betson's shown those results and they're they they're not a sports that brand really are they so I mean you know a casino led brand, so I think we're expecting some pretty strong strong pretty figures sports from the Arnold Sportsbook uh lead mm-hmm. brands, so
1: Awesome. Look, thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate you uh, making some time this morning um, and coming and having a chat. We will be speaking to the Betson CEO uh, later in the podcast, so we'll hopefully find out a little bit more about those figures. Thanks very much.
0: You're listening to the IGB pod...
1: It's a sunny Friday morning in Amsterdam and I'm delighted to welcome our first ever podcast interviewee Jesper Svensson, CEO of Betson Group. Unfortunately Jesper couldn't make it to Amsterdam this week as he's been immersed in the finer details of the company's interim results which were published yesterday. More about those in a second but first Jesper, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Um, how are things in Malta today?
0: Um... Good morning, Hannah. Yes, it's uh, all good here in Malta and uh, uh, probably equally sunny as it is <laughs> in Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine so. <laughs> Always a lovely day in Malta. Um, so, um, as we mentioned, yesterday was interim results day at betson and the group has reported a 14% growth in revenue um, compared with the same time last year. Um, casino and sportsbook are also up 16 and 17 percent respectively. Um, and your chairman Pontus Lindwell was sort of cautiously positive in his statement, Jesper. Um, he uh, he said there was more to do though. I mean, what are your reflections on on the results this morning? How are you feeling about them? Um, so yes, g- good. I think it
0: it came in uh, above um, several expectations and so forth. And uh, we we have been for a long period of time working off the program to in particularly make the company more more efficient and um, uh, we are happy to see that some of those efforts now start to to, to show and uh, we have said before that we were expecting to see more of those uh, having effect towards the end of the year but uh, we can already see now in, in Q2 that uh, that it already had uh, had some effect, on, in particular on the efficiency side and so forth. So yes, the, the, the revenue growth uh, was uh, uh, was there slightly higher than than, uh, than expectation. Excellent. Uh, but uh, it was mainly mainly on the e- EBIT side where we where we grow uh, grow 45 yeah. of, percent. which was perhaps standing out a little bit a little bit more in that sense
1: and that's uh, presumably that's kind of efficiencies driven um that which uh, percent
0: yes yes it, it 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 is i would say but uh, it's also we we have a lot of things that we still have to do so so we are quite you know uh, approaching this very much step, step by step we we are not at all where we want to be yet and and uh, about uh, could it be 9 months ago we, we put in a program where we said we, we want to make the organization more more efficient and uh, we were not happy with the performance so uh, this is something that we keep working on and we'll keep working on for the rest uh, for the rest of the year so we we are just midway into into this so there there is a lot more a lot more to do there.
1: And I mean I think it's sort of fair to say that I mean you've just sort of touched on it there but um, Betson's been through a few months of, of uncertainty there was there was um, the last annual report didn't really meet the expectations of the board I don't think and there's perhaps there's perhaps a little bit of discomfort sort of um, has been has been going on for the last couple of months I mean Ulrich Benson left in September somewhat suddenly um, do you I mean is that fair to say that it's been it's been a slightly rough few months um, and what is it about the set of results in the last annual report that kind of prompted this back on track strategy that you're pursuing pursuing now what, what kind of brought you to that point uh,
0: well I, I think for for a period of time the the performance have not fully lived up to the expectations and and a lot of changes have have happened now the last uh, the last year and and yes management uh, has changed pontus uh, is is back at the at the helm and mm-hmm. and, and and driving it and of course, I mean he's the founder uh, of the of the company, and it's it's great to have uh, him uh, him back and really pushing the organization forward. Um, I'm now running the, the operations of uh, of Betson since since a period of time, and uh, together we have identified a lot of things that we think can perform perform better. And mm-hmm. Of course when when you are in 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 a change period it's not always the easiest of, of times and we have uh, we have had to go through a set of measurements just in order to to get the company back on track uh, back on track so so of course in some part it has been uh, a tough uh, a tough ride but uh, that's also why why it's really good to see that the company are slowly slowly now turning yes. turn um, in the right direction
1: yeah and I mean can you can you talk us through the restructure a little bit because I know there's been some job cuts but you you know you've obviously gone through that process with a view to where in the business you need people and where you may have been slightly overstaffed staffed or people weren't aimed in the right kind of direction so what you know strategically what how have you figured that restructure out how have you gone about it
0: I think uh, it it can happen sometimes in a growth industry and you know um, grow growth has been historically great for the company and uh, the company has also been growing a lot through acquisitions and mm-hmm. and then uh, after a period of time uh, in particular when when you have been doing acquisitions and integrating and migrating those companies into the overall group you you risk to to sit with uh, uh, a bit of a complex machinery in some areas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Layer over layer, and uh, it started to go too slow, become a little bit bureaucratic, and uh, and it was not as as clean as it uh, okay. could, could and should be. So, so a lot uh, of the reasons for that was uh, we wanted to become more efficient, and we wanted to have more ownership accountability in, the, in 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 a streamlined way in the company so we, we had to we had to then uh do do this
1: uh, uh, these changes okay and that, uh, so that's interesting so you're sort of trying to get back the kind of agility that as a younger kind of company you would have you would have had um i mean where what is it what is it in the market at the moment that you're kind of detecting that need so greatly. I mean, I mean, obviously it's a very fast moving market, but what is it that you feel you need that agility to kind of respond to currently?
0: Yeah, no, and I mean, it's it's a very fast moving market and it's a wonderful industry and uh, and things are happening really fast and, and you need to be very very quick when it comes to jumping on those those efforts and, uh, as well. So so a lot around your technology and your product development and so forth has to be able to 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 cater for that uh, agility, of course. There is is a, there I
1: mean, is there work being done internally to kind of improve tech then, as well as as well as um, making sure that you've got the right sort of makeup of people?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's one of the one of the the cornerstones that we uh, we have been working a lot with, uh, and uh, our product of te- technology we. We are focusing on, of course, da- daily, and that is uh, the foundation to, to to the business together with our people, of course. And uh, and we have also said that we we're going to grow more in our core markets and mm-hmm. really bring back, uh, you know, the, the culture um, uh, in the organization that uh, can drive this forward, um, efficiencies. And uh, we also said that we are putting. M uh, on hold for the time being, yes. in order to yeah. in order to, uh, to focus on on all the internal things we have to do.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of, I mean it's a period of consolidation by the sounds of it, in that sense, you know, kind of getting the house in order um, at the moment, and then you know growth and other kind of activity will come after that.
0: Yeah, no, 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 indeed, and uh, and we needed to get up our organic growth um, a bit uh, a bit more as well. So so we had to. Put a lot of our focus now, now to to rebuild certain parts, and in particular when it comes to the product and technology side.
1: Um, and yesterday's results were kind of obviously boosted by the World Cup, which is un- unsurprising. It was um, it was a massively successful World Cup um, in terms of gambling revenues and and kind of eyes on screens.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think it was 3.7% of revenue in the second quarter that could be attributed to the World Cup. Um, with that in mind and sort of based on the results. Um, that we're seeing now. I mean, what what can you tell us about where you would expect to be at the end of the the financial year? I mean, what are you guys sort of what 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 are you aiming for at the moment with with all of this work to consolidate going on um, with you know a good a sort of a solid trajectory in the in the results as far as we can see so far? Where would you hope to be at the end of the financial year?
0: Yeah. Um, we don't. Uh, we haven't guided on, on where we will be, so I will not be able to to, to do that in a financial sense, so to speak. But um, of course, the World Cup is for for any gaming company. It's a it's a lovely boast, and uh, it's just fantastic time to be working in this uh, in this beautiful industry during that time. And. And uh, it's uh, it's a healthy uh, healthy time for the business, of course, because uh, customer intakes go go up and customer comes back and so forth, and, and that gives uh, yeah, that gives a boost, and and that is something we need to keep working on those customers now really hard, and make sure that uh, they they stay within the company yeah. and and uh, they do that into the to the uh, new season of football that uh, is well it's actually just about three four weeks away now <laughs> yeah. when the premiership starts again though so so w- we will do everything we can to to, to keep this uh, to keep this going but I will I will not be able to to give you a, a, a financial pro- projection. <laughs>
1: fair enough it was worth a try <laughs> um what um what about kind of um, acquisition from the um, World Cup into the casino side do you do you did you did you manage to kind of um, transport those customers over do you think when you brought people in um, from the World Cup did you see a boost in casino as well as a result of that yeah yeah I mean
0: absolutely of course it's not everyone who plays sports who also plays casino but uh, there is a, a, a fair share of those those players and and uh, in particular on, on days when players have been winning a lot in the sports book, it tends to be good for the, for, for the casino. So, so in general, it is, it is a boast. And uh, we also saw in, in the numbers we, we reported now that the, the casino was uh, uh, tagging along and, and growing in line with the, with the sports book.
1: Are there any? I mean, are there any sort of strategies in terms of the way that you're dealing with casino at the moment that you can sort of share with us? I mean, the kinds of suppliers that you're looking to work with on that side of the business, and kind of what, you're, what you what what you would like suppliers to be bringing you going forward. Um,
0: we, I mean, t- today we are fortunate to work with a lot of really good uh, suppliers that uh, provides a lot of quality content uh, for, for us, and, and there is a lot of quality uh, out there. I think uh, uh, the suppliers the last years have really raised, raised the bar on, on on the content and so forth. So, I mean, clearly from an internal point of view, when you have a World Cup, we work a lot with cross-sell over to the casinos and so forth to, to, to maximize that. And yeah. And uh, what we what we can see uh, has happened, and and that's not just for us; it's an industry trend, of course, is that the live live casino uh, is is the vertical within casino that is growing the fastest right mm-hmm. now. So, so so that is also something we saw uh, we have seen the last uh, the last months and, and and during during the World Cup. Um, here we have um, we have. Quite recently launched uh, environments like uh, language-specific environments together okay. um, with Evolution, uh, and um, and uh, in particular in in the Nordic markets uh, uh, where where we have a, a big part of our our business uh, is is it something we are focused on?
1: Okay, excellent. Um and you have been in your role we sort of touched on this earlier as well but you've been in your role since december um but you joined the business you know in 2013 as a managing director joining from bodog um what attracted you to betson at that time and how would you sort of characterize the business now kind of having seen it change over those years
0: um so i i have been in in its own five years in 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 and i was um working for bodog for for several years and had a fantastic time there and i was in um, the the latest part i was in in asia and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, when i was contacted by by betson it was it was a good uh, a, a really good opportunity for me and and um, i also betson is uh historically a swedish <laughs> Company and I'm I'm, I'm uh, Swedish and I knew a lot of people that were speaking really well uh, uh, about Betson back then and so forth and uh, it it was also I had been in Asia for some time so it was a good good opportunity to good
1: time to come back come home to come come back
0: <laughs> home to Malta <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah home to Malta uh, but, but back back to Europe and into Malta and I'd never been uh, been been before so so. It was a lot of uh, various uh, various elements, but I, I really had a great uh, a great time in in Bodog. It's a it's it's a very good company to be in. But at that time, uh, this opportunity came up, and now I have been five years in Betson and uh, it's been a fantastic five years, and really really en- enjoying it here. Yeah?
1: whats it, what would you sort of how would you um place betson in the kind of context of the wider market? i mean if you were to characterize the business um how would you, how would you sort of describe it
0: um i think i I've been in several gaming companies um and uh, uh, what stands out with betson I have to say is uh, of course we really run a multi-brand multi-market uh, operation and it makes it incredibly diverse and and that is uh, that is fantastic i mean we have more than 50 different nationalities uh, working here we you know we have a big portfolio of brands and uh, and a lot of efforts going on in in various jurisdictions <laughs> we have 11 different uh, licenses and so forth so so um, it uh, it's it's a very exciting environment, uh, very very diverse, and that is something I, I really think is standing out with uh, with with Betson.
1: Yeah, and in terms of sort of well, we said earlier that you know it's such a fast moving industry, um, constantly kind of you know on the edge of some regulatory change somewhere, and with as many licenses as that, as you say, in the kind of you know multi jurisdiction um, nature of the business, you guys are kind of. Going to be dealing with that all the time but you know as a Swedish company you have got re-regulation in Sweden on the on the horizon Um what are the opportunities for Betson in Sweden do you think kind of what are you looking forward to about that market opening up? Um
0: I, I think there are very good opportunities for, for, for Betsson in Sweden obviously it's um, it's the home, home turf so to speak and, and the good thing is that uh, our brands uh, have a brand awareness all already in, mm-hmm. in in the market, and and that is uh, a good place to be in when when you move into to, to regulation because if you if you have not been in that market before, it will will cost uh, uh, it will cost quite significantly to to build build a brand in. Yeah, in and and Sweden is a very competitive market, um, so we we are looking forward to. Uh, to to the regulation and we we think it uh, represents a good uh, a good uh, opportunity for
1: us. Is there are there any challenges there that you're kind of particularly concerned about, kind of, as you prepare?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, every of course every market has its uh, its uh, challenges, and I think uh, I don't think competition will be less. I mean, there they will probably be less. Uh, um, operators, but they would not mm. s- less comp- uh, competition.
1: Well, Svenska, Svenska Spel have said that they're expecting fierce competition, so they're clearly not feeling complacent.
0: Oh, well, absolutely, and uh, and uh, we expect uh, companies like Svenska Spel and uh, ATG when they are moving into, you know, offering casino and so forth. That that will make it very very com- competitive. Uh, yeah, so on. but what we have seen in in other markets that have uh, regulated as well I mean if we look at uh, what happened in Denmark we could see that Danske Spil took uh, uh, a big share of the market and uh, mm-hmm. but overall the market was also growing quite uh, significantly at the time of regulation so so there are probably some some learnings from what what happened over there although Sweden is Already today, uh, much more in in an advanced uh, stage, so to speak, and yeah. very competitive already.
1: And you, I mean, in terms of kind of the eighteen percent tax rate, and you know these kind of quite strict requirements for moderation in marketing. I, I mean, do they concern? does do those elements concern you, or is that something that you can work with and and you're kind of preparing for?
0: No, I, I mean we 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 can work with that, and of course. We have to work with that. <laughs> yes. you know, uh, uh, so it's our responsibility to, you know, make make it work. And uh, and uh, 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 as you know, taxation is part of uh, of uh, all our lives, and and that's how it should be. We we don't have a problem with that as long as there is, uh, you know, within 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 reason. And 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 uh, here we think it is. In an okay-ish area in that sense so so we will make it uh, we will make it work with that but uh, naturally then uh, it uh, comes uh, comes with some some bottom line uh, uh, pressure of course yeah. so we just need to make sure that we are very creative and, and smart in how we uh, spend uh, the money we will spend in yes, yeah. to, to drive this uh, market forward
1: and I mean have you have you sort of got a bit of a strategy in terms of how you're going to deal with the marketing challenges because um I guess there's I mean you have the benefit obviously of being a known brand being a Swedish brand mm-hmm. um but there will be competition obviously and you you guys have every, everyone's going to be making a noise I mean what are you what are your thoughts in terms of um getting over those kind of barriers to marketing that we think are, the, are going to be put in
0: yeah, uh, I think what we are, are focusing a lot on is of course the, the, the marketing efficiencies to really have good control of our spend. So we know what is working and not is working. And of course we have some we, we have a history in the Swedish market and we have a good sense for for that. And we 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 are now measuring our marketing in a, a very good way, so we clearly can see uh, what we get uh, in in return for the money we spend and that. Will be a big focus area for us uh, uh, going going forward, not just in Sweden, but in but in all markets, of course. Generally, yeah. in, the, in a market like Sweden, with that level of competition, you have to be even 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 better than than, than your competitors in that. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely. I mean, Sweden has been quite um, vocal about kind of how it feels that responsible gambling plays plays a role here as well, and this is obviously an area that's everyone's concerned about. I think most jurisdictions are starting to to think about this quite seriously Um, in terms of dealing with that i mean sort of more broadly than just in betsam but across the industry i mean what are your thoughts on whether or not the industry is doing enough it's been it's been an area that's been discussed quite a lot at igb live um over the last couple of days um and people have mixed opinions on whether or not the industry is kind of sort of working together enough to deliver a proper responsible proposition to customers where do you stand on that, and what do you what do you think about that? I think uh,
0: generally, I, I think the industry is in, improving in in this, and it, it becomes um, it's much more talked about probably today than perhaps it was ten, 10 years ago. And 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 all in all, I think uh, and I see a lot of responsible uh, companies uh, around me and. Um, and uh, that' really taking this uh, taking this serious, and it's good that the, the regulators of course do do that as well. I think um, many times we we do a lot uh, many times more than than perhaps uh, uh, the general impression is the uh, mm-hmm. like impression. Uh, it is something that most companies really take very seriously and uh, and and should take very seriously. Of course and uh, uh,
1: I mean do you think there's a need for businesses to to make it more public what they are doing because I think you're I think you're right in terms of the fact that perhaps people don't realize quite how much is being done is there is there something to be done there in terms of kind of projecting that a little bit more um, sort of publicly
0: Yep, probably probably i mean th- th- there has been a level of stigma around gaming uh, of course in some countries more than others but uh, then then uh, uh, they have been viewed sometimes that it's something companies more saying that they are doing but uh, this is something the companies really are are doing and uh, and uh, I also think you, you know when you look at some of the uh, the legislations and if you you, you see what is happening, in Sweden, for example, or Denmark, that I mentioned, with those, when you self-exclude, you self-exclude from the whole market. Those yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's of course um, good measurements to protect uh, protect uh, the, the customers. And I think I think it's uh, good if the more we we talk and show about what we are actually doing within this area. I think it's uh, generally good good for the industry. Because uh, all in all, many, many companies do a lot more than I think what the general impression actually is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much for uh, speaking to us today. As I say, it's the first edition of the IGB podcast. So um, we are delighted that we've had you on the first one um, and really appreciate your time, Jesper. Thanks ever so much.
0: Thank you very much. Lovely to speak to you. Yes. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in to the first ever IGB podcast. We'll be back at the same time next month, this time talking to Joe Samaras-Smith. His influence on the industry spans chairing bead gaming, acting as a non-executive director for the British Horse Racing Authority and numerous investments in iGaming startups.